Heroes of More Hall Podcast Room. Two mild-mannered CM Life newspaper editors harbor an unknown power. With this power comes great responsibility. Hearken now your ears to the raving geeks! Hello, Central Michigan University. My name is Ben Solis. I'm Malachi Barrett. And we are the Raving Geeks. We are back here again for our, God, sixth, sixth, sixth episode. episode. Huh? We're still alive. We didn't die. We didn't go anywhere. Break. We got a little hectic at the end of the semester. Break has not broken us. As you do. Yeah. We're doing well. Uh, but it has been a, quite a while until uh, till now, till we have uh, more stuff to talk about for you Raving Geeks out there. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the biggest news that happened yesterday. Uh, the Avengers trailer 2 came out, uh, and we, I have mixed feelings about it. I know some people are very mm. excited. So Malachi, you being the consummate uh, Marvel fan, what'd you think? Avengers trailer 2, Electric Boogaloo, it's on. <laughs> <laughs> we've been, uh, we've getting kind of some snippets of like, you know, 1.5 like trailers with like a couple more scenes, but this is like the first full on, you know, almost completely new scenes, uh. They, they put a couple more in there just for, like, narrative to kind of let people know what it's going to kind of be about. But a lot of new stuff. A lot more uh, Hulk smashing and Hulk smash stuff oh, yeah. going on. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm a little confused that you said you were a little disappointed. I thought it was great. Uh, you get to see Ultron shooting lasers out of his hands. I mean, that was probably the best part. You get a little bit of an extended fight with uh, Tony Stark in the Hulkbuster armor and the Hulk. And uh, there was some speculation before if he was trying to maybe assist the Hulk and the Hulk gets out of control or something. I don't know. But this is like a straight-on full fight, kind of like I would have liked to see. Uh, he blasts him. He gets thrown down the street. Hulk looks pissed. Tony Stark looks pissed. I pissed myself. <laughs> Everybody's pissed. Everyone's pissing everywhere. Uh, Lippies. Yeah, I mean, I, I think for a second trailer, in the way of like information about the plot doesn't really give much. I mean, you, you kind of know Ultron's beating everybody up again. It's not really anything new there, but I think a lot of cool new scenes. Um, I mean, I don't know. What was your take? How can you be disappointed, man? Okay, so I did not watch it right out. A lot of us actually kind of missed that it had come out, which is really very strange for us uh, and, and my little community of friends who track this kind of stuff. And I watched it a couple hours before I actually came in here, and it just didn't explode with anything for me. I mean, I, I had seen the Hulkbuster stuff. They showed that last trailer. You know, I'm not I'm not yeah. impressed by that for some reason. You know what it is? It's doom and gloom. The first trailer had a lot of doom and gloom in it, but there was still this, like, sense of adventure, right? They show all these scenes of what might be Wakanda. Yep. You know, it might be Black Panther coming in trying to find an ancient force that can probably beat Ultron. I don't know. I'm, I'm speculating at that point, but... You know, there was something there. There was some mystery there. This one is just like, oh, wow, all this bad stuff is going to happen. And the last time I saw a Marvel trailer that had all this bad stuff happening in it, it was Thor 2, and it was terrible. Uh, and I just, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm really... I feel like that's overanalyzing a little I'm bit. I'm scared that they're going to Iron Man 3 this. <clears throat> We've gotten to the point now where for the Ant-Man trailer that we're going to talk out, talk about in a little bit. Which I'm extremely excited for, by the way. They're, so to show the show. We've gotten to the point now in our society where we are jumping on the news on this stuff so much that they released a teaser for the trailer. I know. People are excited. How could you not be? It's I, cool. I, I just I feel mean, like you can't take like every scene and make it seem as if like you know that is going to dictate what the whole movie is going to be about. You know what I mean? I am probably going to go see that movie, and I will probably have a fantastic time, it's, and it'll be it'll be wonderful. But you know, trailers mean a lot to me. Trailers really sell what an experience is going to be like. Every single, I mean, I know I'm biased, but every single Dark Knight Rises trailer was fantastic. It's, I don't really remember any of the oh trailers God. for any they, of those movies, oh, honestly. They were, they were so operatic. They were more operatic mm. than the movie. In fact, I thought they were better than the actual movie. So that tells you a lot about how 
people view the for Dark the Knight condensed Rises. version, a much better condensed version. Just it's watch the, the trailer. It's the Reader's Digest version, <laughs> you know. So I mean, I don't know. So maybe maybe I'm completely wrong here, but that yeah, was, you are. It was it was a bummer. It well, was it makes it makes sense. I mean, in, this is a sequel. It's hard to forget after you know this is like what the 15th Marvel movie or something oh, yeah. like that. I don't even know what number we're on at this point. But it's the second Avengers movie. It's a sequel. They always do this thing with Empire Strikes Back treatment where the heroes get beat down a little bit. It's kind of like the natural progression of things. They're the heroes in the first movie. They're all on top of the world, and now some new badass comes and kicks them back down, and they got to overcome that. I mean, it, it makes sense to me. I, I don't think that they're trying to make it, like, super gritty or anything that we've sure. kind of seen recently like sure. that. I don't know. Uh, I think there were a lot of cool fan-pleasing moments in there. There was a lot of Tony Stark in this one, though. Yes, there was. You can really tell Iron Man is, like, the flagship of the cinematic universe because he's uh, he spent a lot of screen time in this movie. Absolutely. And I don't think it's a coincidence at all that they're ramping up all these big Tony Stark uh, stories. I really... Uh, I mean, everybody has probably heard the rumors, uh, things that Kevin Feige have said, and, you know, even Joss Whedon himself, that they don't want the set of characters that are playing the Avengers now... To be in the new movies, they want a whole different cast. They want a younger cast, different characters. I don't think that's just for mass appeal. I think they're probably going to start killing off everybody. Maybe to save money, too. Robert Downey Jr. is getting paid so much Fat paid. Point. Scarlett oh, Johansson yeah. is getting fat paid. I yeah. mean, all of them are getting fat paid, but I think, what is it? They, he forfeited a lot of his pay so the rest of them could be in the movies, I right? think so, yeah, which is kind of the opposite of what he did. Uh, there was a falling out with uh, Terrence Howard, who originally played the uh, roadie, in uh, in the Iron Man movies, War Machine, Iron Man. Jeez, uh, I'm getting mixed up myself now. <laughs> uh, there was uh, some stuff going on that Robert Downey Jr. was asking for more money that would have taken away from some of his. So that's why he ended up leaving, and Don Cheadle joined on. So that's kind of interesting that it's the reverse. I didn't actually hear that he reduced his salary. I didn't hear that. He did. It was uh, going to be really expensive to bring on a lot of the other big name people, and he actually took a cut. Which was kind of cool. Which, yeah, exactly, too. I mean, you got someone like Bruce Willis, right? Bruce Willis gets kicked out of Expendables 3 yeah. because of the mere fact that he didn't want all this money. I mean, honestly, all of them are just jackasses in the first place. But Expendables, God, it, is, it is what it is. Those movies are terrible. You know? Action movie masturbation, man. It's ridiculous. But, yeah, I I honestly think they're going to start killing everybody off. And because of that, it's I mean, it's really cool. They're really f- focusing on Tony Stark. They're showcasing all these cool things. Uh, but honestly, I'm more excited about everything that's coming up. Why be excited about the Avengers when you know that Ant-Man is coming up, when you know that Doctor Strange is coming up, when all these other different things that are really, really cool? Uh, I'm just not I'm not impressed. Um, Waiting for the new. That's I don't know, man. That's kind of sad. I feel like uh, people are just so hungry you know, for all this new stuff that's coming out. Can't we just take some time, sit down with your kids? Can't we savor the moments? Watch Avengers 2 and appreciate it for what it is. I mean, I'm, I'm happy that we even got a first Avengers movie that was almost like, you know, as a fan, satisfying to me on almost every level. I remember sitting in the parking lot thinking, like, looking myself in the mirror, you know? You've been waiting. <laughs> All this time. All this time. Now it's here. It's here. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, I went on opening night, too. There's tons of people. In fact, there were more people dressed up for the Avengers than there were for any Batman movie that I had seen. I'm never the kind of guy. Do you dress up when you go to those? I don't. I do not. I'm, no. Honestly, I might when Star Wars comes out just because I never have and I want to dress up like Han Solo. I just know that if I do, I'll try to act it out, and I'm not that great of an actor. Mm-hmm. I will come off as a George Clooney. Instead of a George Michael, a Michael, fine actor. Michael Keaton, you know, <laughs> if you will. Yeah, because that's the scale of that's actors. The scale. <laughs> George Clooney. You're either you know a George Clooney or a Michael Keaton. Yeah, exactly. That's the range. Christian Bale's not in the range. We have him taken out of the range because mm. he you know defies all uh, time and space. 
and acting ability. Okay. Really. Jesus. Oh, That's yeah. That's a little bit too much, man. Anyway, uh, but yeah, the reason why is because I'm excited about the new. I want to see new things. And that brings us to our next point, which is the Ant-Man trailer. And I got to tell you, uh, that was brilliant. It was really, really cool. Yeah. Just seeing Paul Rudd in this kind of role is, is fantastic for me. I think the guy's brilliant. Everything he does is pretty damn good. Even that crazy movie Wanderlust. I never saw that. No. Made much better by Paul Rudd. And, I mean, Jennifer Aniston's really hot, but well, yeah, that goes without saying. Paul but, Rudd's great, man. Oh, yeah, He's absolutely. got such a likable face. Oh, yeah. People. As a heterosexual male, I would not mind giving him a peck on the cheek. He's hey, just, buddy. He's just such a cute dude. You, know? you got a nice face. <laughs> yeah, he sure does. Well, not. I don't know. I, don't, I need to backtrack a little bit. Oh, here. God. Anyway. Ant-Man. Yeah, it, it looks really, really cool. It, all the scenes of him shrinking and going back up, really, really, really... Ah. I can't describe it. It's it's really fun for me to see him kind of take on this role. I I thought the trailer was pretty funny. Uh, Paul Rudd, I think, is a great guy to play. It, and they've kind of gone on the, the path now, especially with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, adding some humor into like these more ridiculous... I mean, this is a superhero who shrinks the, the size of an ant but remains proportionally as strong as a human being. I always thought that Ant Man's powers were really dumb. Honestly. Oh yeah, I mean he's been he's been you know satire the entire he time. He can he's been control ants through you know? his helmet and like, I mean that's cool. But like, what are you gonna do with an army of ants? I just oh, don't get absolutely. it. I think it would have been. I mean I don't know. His uh, he's got it the other way. Eventually in the comics he becomes Giant Man and can grow and you know that seems like it's infinitely more useful. Ant Man came up. Yeah. Came Giant Man. Yeah. There's actually a uh, old Saturday Night Live skit. Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, all that jazz. Yeah. And they have a Superman party, right? It's all a party at Superman's house. Everybody shows up. They're all in their different things. I think uh, Belushi is Flash, which is even funnier than <laughs> anything hilarious. else. That's yeah. Uh, and then finally Ant-Man shows up and is Garrett Morris. And Garrett Morris, as you guys may or may not know, was the only black uh, lead on SNL for its beginning and for its inception. Um, and he never really got a whole lot of great roles on, on those skits, kind of a side character. But they made him Ant-Man as, as kind of the joke. Yeah. Like, oh, who are you? We don't even know who you are. Were you invited to this party? There's no Ant-Man on this list. <laughs> you got to get out. Yeah, so, I mean, to see Ant-Man be kind of, like, focused on like this is really exciting. I honestly think he's going to take over Stark's role in the Avengers. You think so? Here on out. You think, well, I mean, in this version of the character, and I guess in the comics, too, he's playing Scott Lang, who's basically just a criminal who steals the Ant-Man suit uh, Pym's technology. So I don't. I mean, I don't know. Is he, do you think he has like the technology to fill that role of Tony Stark? Or are you just thinking like personality and like leadership wise? Personality, leadership wise, and the way that they're setting this movie up too. You know, back to the trailer thing. I mean, trailers really mean a lot to me because they really emote what this movie is going to be about. And if you really hit it on the on the head, and you really get it right, it's going to speak to people. And you know, the way the trailer seems to me is very much like Iron Man one. You know, the way that they set up Tony Stark, that he's like this kind of fallen hero, you know, he's kind of lost his way, and he's given this ultimate power, and he does something really, really good with it. And that's kind of the vibe that I get off of that, too. And plus, you know, starting with Scott Lang way, way, you know, into the mythos of Ant-Man, having Hank Pym be this kind of old, like, sage and mentor to him, it's going to work perfectly, because everybody needs that Alfred figure, you know what I mean? For the first time, we actually might see a character with that kind of Alfred-like figure. And that's uh, it's, uh, pretty fun. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't think any of the other heroes really have kind of a mentor like that. Well, I mean, Iron Man's got Jarvis. Which is a robot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Who may or may not be turning into Ultron. Yeah. You couldn't really say any of Cap's relationships are like that. I mean, 
you couldn't certainly say that Nick Fury's maybe like a mentor, but I don't even think. I mean, in the whole the Winter Soldier, it was all on mistrust and everything, so I don't I don't think that absolutely stands um, alone. Kind of. Yeah, I mean, aside from that, I don't know. It's not a common theme. Do you think we're going to see any Winter Soldier in Avengers 2? Like a cameo, maybe? Or any? Not sure. Uh, I mean, I know that they're going to bring it back up in Cap 3. Because the whole point, I think, of the Avengers thing, uh, stories, is that everyone kind of puts what they're doing in their solo series on hold, and then they come together to fight this main threat, and they go back. That's kind of what they did with Thor oh, and yeah. everything. Yeah, so I'm kind of assuming that would happen. It would be kind of cool if he just like showed up halfway through the movie, though, and was like... Starts beating ass. What's up? Yeah. Absolutely. Robot punches. I mean, the ca- Winter Soldier was so cool the way they did that in the movies. I, I don't know. I haven't heard that at all. I would be I would be hard pressed to say no. To get back on the Civil War real quick, uh, last time we had talked about it, you said you would like just finish reading through most of uh, the series, right? Oh yes. You read the- yeah, I actually found all seventy eight. Uh, oh my! Tie-in all, issues. All the, oh wow! Everything. Did you read it chronologically? I, I read every. Yeah, the guy had it uh, arranged in a playlist, uh, and it took me about two weeks. And I read through the entire thing. Malachi has given me my late Christmas present. I have wanted him to share in this moment of loving Civil War with me for a while, and that's awesome. I used to hate it, man. When you just it was a silly story. I'll when you just that. read it's the ridiculous. seven issues, it, it kind of makes a lot of leaps and bounds. But then you really see how it connects with everything, and like it's a lot deeper, and every hero is affected by it. I really, I thought it was a much more comprehensive. Uh, story than you know I had previously enjoyed. When you had read it last time, did you read all the Illuminati stuff before you had actually read it? I had read maybe one or two of them. So you got to read all. I think I had read like the initial one where they like had just met for the like they had just convened for the first time. Yeah. Fantastic arc. I'm glad he's caught up now. Now we can talk uh, intelligently about these movies. Oh, because I couldn't before. Cause, eh? No, no, he could. <laughs> but those tie-ins, they really work out well. I mean, speaking of which, over break, uh, I was having a conversation with some people about some stuff that's going on in The Flash. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of mentions to Crisis for uh, our DC mm-hmm. fans out there. You'll know that there were three crises. The original one replaced the entire canon of the DC universe. Uh, and you really can categorize the entire universe now by pre-crisis, post-crisis. Yeah. I went out and bought the thing. It was ridiculous. It was a $60 book, but it's it's soft cover, glossy paper. It was It's brilliant. I mean, if you ever look at the old one, it's like the dot coloration. It's really oh, nasty yeah. looking, completely recolored. But I went in there, and I was, you know, on a man on a mission. I wasn't looking for anything else. I went into the comic store, Vault of Midnight in Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that place. Fine people. Really cool. Fine people. Yeah. Uh, I walked in there, grabbed my stuff, went up to the front counter, and just put it down. And the dude dudes who work there, the guy who owns it, I forget his name, but he's like kind of like this surfer comic book like guru, right? Because those go together. So yeah, it's like it's like Bodhi and like Point Break, only he's like a comic book fan, <laughs> yeah. you know. So he's really cool. I've talked about Conan the Barbarian before, his favorite character, no less. Really. And I put this book down, and he looks at me, and he looks at the book. He's like, "Dude, are you are you buying Crisis?" Well, yeah, I got to read up. He's like, "Oh, Crisis is my shit." Right? So, okay, good. I mentioned The Flash, and he said the same thing. Oh, Flash is my shit. <laughs> I mean, cool, he's a hip dude. And then they tried to sell me all the, the uh, original editions. Something you never want to hear in the bathroom, by the way. Like, oh, it's Flash, my, Flash is my oh, shit. Oh, that's my shit. <laughs> Absolutely. Who does number two work for? Oh, yeah. oh God. Who does number Who two? Who does number two work for? Oh, God. Austin Powers movie. Cheers. Cheers God. to Austin Powers. Clink. Fantastic. Well, that's a good segue, I guess, into our next topic, switching sides over to the DC uh, end of the spectrum. Batman versus Superman. Trailer is coming. Yes. Another Stark warned you that winter is coming. I now warn you that Batman and Superman is coming. Uh, soon, uh, with Jupiter ascending. That's a weird choice. Oh, 
weird, very strange. I uh, guess because they're owned by Warner Brothers, right? Is that why? Potentially. I mean, this is a move. This is okay. Let me explain this for you guys real quick. Jupiter Ascending is a sci-fi movie with Channing Tatum and oh, yeah. Mila Kunis. Fine acting right there. You put them two together and you might have a third of a Meryl Streep. <laughs> so I'm not really excited to see this, but I will definitely go to that movie and pay my ticket, my $13 ticket, just to watch that. Don't disparage Ridiculous Meryl trailer. Streep. Her cankle could act better than Mila Kunis. I mean, her toe could. I mean, Mila Kunis is fine, and she's a gorgeous woman, but... Have we quantified yet which body parts of Meryl Streep act better than the other ones? No. Can we that, map this out? That should be a whole uh, whole podcast. We promise you, Raving Geeks fans, that we will map out Meryl <laughs> Streep's acting ability by With her an body. interactive infographic. Oh, absolutely. You can highlight each section. Flabby arm. Better than three... Uh, I don't know who's a terrible actor. Uh, Nick Cage Nick equals. Cage. Hey, hey, hey! Oh, get out of here! Hey, no, sorry. Get ruined. Nick Ghost Cage Rider. is pretty bad. Yes, we will do all of that. But yes, Batman Superman is coming out. I'm very excited about it. I have all these reservations. I'm trying to keep my head straight. Yeah. Not focus on the noise, and you know, I I did that a lot with all these other movies. They're leaking set photos all the time. I'm, I'm, staying, I'm not looking at any of I'm that stuff. I'm staying away from all of it. Yeah. Uh, as a ridiculous spoiler hound myself, uh, I'm gone. What's the release date on that? May? What, the, a, the actual date? Oh, yeah, well, it's yeah. 2016. It's not even this year. Oh, really? They delayed it an entire year. Wow. Yes, that means they're going to spend an entire year practically That's on for the best. That's probably for the best, honestly. Actually, I think Ben Affleck did come out and say, we want to get this right. Yeah, totally. And that's why they haven't released a trailer yet, even though they have most of the stuff shot and done. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they're painstakingly going over every bit of digital animation that they have to do. Yeah. I well, mean, and it's Zack Snyder, too, oh, so. Yeah. Who better to do this? I mean, we, we've talked a little about this before, but Zack Snyder, with all the flack that he gets, this is a visual universe that really needs to be a challenger to something that is so profoundly just, like, digitally oriented, such as Marvel. Yeah. You know, uh, and so I'm glad that they are taking their time with this. But yeah, I mean, I mean, while. say what you will about the destruction of New York in uh, the newest Superman movie, Man <sighs> of Steel, which I wasn't particularly fond of. But that's not my point here. I have never believed more in a movie that Superman's powers were better demonstrated than in that movie. You know what I mean? When he, oh, when Man he, of Steel? Yeah, oh, yeah, when he absolutely. was flying, he looked like he was flying at the speed at which Superman would fly. When he punched Zod through a building, that's exactly how a comic book fight would have looked. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, say what you will about Zack Snyder, that, you know, he uses uh, special effects too much maybe, or it's laden with kind of uh, too much slow-mo or something like that. He's, uh, I mean, this is a guy who pretty much shot for shot made The Watchmen into a movie, and uh, I'm not the biggest fan of that movie either, but he's definitely a loyalist. You know, he respects the work that he's doing. You know, I think he's a guy that you can probably trust to do this right. Absolutely. You can also trust the internet to explode on him probably the second this movie's out for a bunch of nitpicky stuff, but whatever, you know. You know, and you got someone like Ben Affleck, right? Ben Affleck is a really, really big Batman fan, surprisingly yeah. enough. Um, the only reason why he did Daredevil, he said, was because it, it was Frank Miller's work. I mean, Frank Miller revolutionized Daredevil, didn't create him, but uh, because of that proxy, that moved him so much to take this role of this character he had nothing, knew nothing about. He, I mean, Ben Affleck has a Batcave entrance yeah. in his basement, so you understand how big of a, a Bat fan this guy is. This, this will not be a disappointment at all but yes we will have to wait for this god-awful movie to see it no internet release you're gonna have to take your ass to the movie theater there was actually a meme that came out yesterday it showed like you know before blah 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 yeah. you know full movie theater as soon as the the trailer's over it's, it's empty everybody's gone i don't really have any desire to see jupiter ascending everybody's gone 
So, yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, we'll see. It's funny because all these movies are coming out and they're so, like, you know, satirical in nature. Like, they're almost, like, making fun of themselves. Uh, satire is a big thing right now. Uh, moving to a kind of a darker subject, something I don't think we ever thought we would really tackle on here. But, uh, you know, important news is important news and it's pressing stuff. As you guys all know, uh, last week a uh, satirical magazine that focuses on a lot of, uh, let's say, comic book style art, graphic art sometimes. Yeah. Uh, was uh, the victim of a terrorist attack in Paris, France. And there's been a lot of different uh, debate going on on whether freedom of speech is something that is so valuable to us that we're willing to kind of drag other people through the mud, you right. know, to make points, other people's religions, other people's cultures. Uh, where's the line on all that? And uh, I don't know. I know how I feel, but I'll let Malachi uh, speak his mind a little bit about this. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. This has kind of been a catalyst to explore that issue, which has been coming up, I mean, a lot in the last, I don't know, decade or so. Uh, you've got the Westboro Baptist Church, and, you know, uh, this isn't the first instance of people paying for, uh, you know, making light of Muhammad or trying to draw him in some way. Uh, I think it's important that you don't look at this Charlie Hedbo attack in a vacuum, though. Um I'm not going to speak in terms of the particular com or comic and series of uh, cartoons because there has been some issues raised with, uh, you know, some racism and anti-Islamic, uh, you know, drawings they've made. Some of the uh, Arabic people hook nose, which is, you know, a common stereotype. Um, I don't think that's really the point about this. I think it's more a conversation about where the line is drawn about satire. Uh, and honestly, I'm very conflicted about this. I am of the mind that words and images only have as much power as you give them um and in that right i think that almost nothing is sacred uh i think that everything should be open to criticism and satire um i mean even in the worst way i mean the reason that we're such a great nation is that we can tolerate unpopular speech like the KKK and all these other groups that, you know, I wouldn't want to sit in a room with and I wouldn't really even want to have a reasonable discussion with. But, you know, uh, to be in a civilized world, I think it's important that we incorporate all points of view into discussion, even if they're, uh, you know, undesirable and they may anger us. I think the, uh, the real discussion here should be more focused on the backlash of, uh, these extremists. Um, it's not representative of the Islamic community at all. That's why they're called extremists. And I think that's just something that, you know, we're going to have to fight against, man, is, you know, when you when you make fun of extremists, they're not going to be happy. They're going to commit acts of terrorism. And I think we shouldn't enable them to uh, have that work, you know? Yeah, I think it's, it's interesting to see kind of just the scale of progression that certain groups like this are willing to go. You know, when I mean, we're all of the generation that, had a front row seat uh, to September 11th, um, you know, and that changed our lives completely. I mean, our, the world was completely different. You take people who are older, such as our parents and grandparents, who have seen the world change multiple times and have something like that happen, it was just another, you know, turn of a page. I guess for us, we were so fresh and new, uh, it was traumatizing just how drastically things were different. Now we don't even remember how different they actually were unless we really look back and analyze it. Um, but, you know, it's not just about what's going to provoke them. It's about, you know, why do, we, why do we poke fun at these things in the first place, you know? 
obviously there's political points and things like that. Sometimes people just get a general sense of humor out of really racist and kind of awful, you know, jokes poking fun at different cultures and different people. I don't I've never understood it completely. Uh, take for example, this has nothing to do with my culture, but I've had a couple of strokes, right? Had some medical problems. And I remember watching one time on uh, Adult Swim, it was uh, Robot Chicken, right? Mm. Random random Robot Chicken skit about a kid having a stroke, right? It was really offensive to me out of nowhere. And it was odd because I was having such a good time watching this show. But to have something like that that had like no point in really being a joke for anything, yeah. just being there out of nowhere, it was just I was, it was strange. I was pissed. I was angry over something so small and inconsequential like a Robot Chicken, you know? show that really doesn't have much longevity in the first place um and when i think about stuff like that i think about you know how other people might view some of this stuff too i'm a really big you know supporter of free speech obviously even people such as the kkk and other hate groups have a right to say what they want to say it's also our right to not listen and our right to ignore it um and that's what i think that a civil society usually does you know and i think that it's taunting it's taunting in a way. When you have a religion that has a very core tenet, that their one main person, their one main deity and, and you know conduit to God that they feel is there should not be photographed, should not be illustrated, and you just automatically do it, I mean, you know what's going to happen. Um, and it's very sad. It's sad that it was against newspaper people. I think that struck a chord with me personally. You know, We think that we're very much protected by the law, by the rights of just, you know, what society puts its value in in the media and reporters you know you see foreign correspondents running around with press jackets they don't get shot and they don't get shot for a reason just because of that civility i think this kind of just shows you that the civility is completely out the window it's scary times you know we sit here and talk about superheroes all the time and you know we think about what would be a better time than now to have something like that you know and I guess that's why we escape into our fantasy worlds of comic books and everything else, so we can ignore stuff like this, but we can ignore stuff like this. These are serious issues, especially now since France, a country who is known for its pacifism, is going full bore into war with Syria now uh, just to, to wipe ISIS out. Um, strange thing enough, it wasn't even ISIS that did this. It was yeah. the Yemenis. And Al-Qaeda, ISIS, you know, they're all cookie-cutter brands of the same product. You know, Kroger versus Kraft. But, uh, yeah, it's just it's scary to see how the world is just rapidly changing like this. And it's no wonder why comic books are so big right now. I mean, let's be very honest. In World War, World War One, and World War Two, obviously they used comic book characters to try to sell propaganda for the war, but it made people feel good, you know? G.I.'s read Captain America and said, huh, this really perked me up. This is what they think I do here. You know, I may or may not do these things, but this is what they think I do here. They still print those, by the way. I have uh, a USO uh, Captain America comic book that was released in like 2000 and uh, it must, really? have been, must have been eight, I guess, because it was uh, really? with, with the new Captain America when Bucky took over. Wow, so it's like all new fresh art and stuff like that? Yeah, too? new fresh art. Uh, the main storyline involved him going to a base in like Afghanistan or something like that and like wow. playing football with the guys, and they still give those out as like promotional. And the only reason I got it is because my dad was in the Marine Corps, so he must have like grabbed a copy somewhere. That is awesome. I didn't know that they still did that. And that's, I mean, that's proof positive of what that kind of does for the, the morale and the spirit for, you know, troops, for anybody. And especially here, you know, when things are going nuts, things are larger than life. What better way to solve the problems than with a larger-than-life hero? 
Um, so yeah, people think that this comic book thing's on the busk, man, but it's not. It's just the world gets worse and worse. We need this. So, but yeah, I don't know. Um, very scary to think that something you could write, something that you did not mean to, you know, shake the world with, could you know cause such a violent reaction in somebody and people. It makes you really think about what you do and what you write. So make sure it's for the right reason. I agree with what you said. I think satire should have a point. It shouldn't just be making fun of people for no reason. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, to make sure that uh, we don't end on a down note, I think we should uh, kick things up a little bit just for our final hey. segment here. We're back. We're happy. <laughs> 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 so you watch a lot of TV, Malachi? Uh, yeah, I try to catch some TV here and there in my spare time. I watch some TV, too. Very sparingly. Yeah. Sadly enough. And uh, honestly, you guys probably saw this coming. I only watch uh, two shows on television right now. Those shows are Arrow and Flash. On the CW. That's uh, a very good show. Yeah, I know. I know. Ladies and gentlemen, CW, known for its schmaltz and... How many, how many posters of Oliver Queen have there been with him shirtless, all scarred Almost up, all of them. Looking wet. They've got, they've got posters of all the side characters half naked in comic books trying to show their CW crap. Because that's like the whole joke, you know, is that the CD is all about like, or CW is all about like Vampire Diaries and all these like ridiculous teen shows where everybody's all naked all the time. It's pretty bad, especially when I'm waiting for a new episode and I have it like passively on right there. Yeah. I have it on mute. It's it's ridiculous, but they're so good. They're they're keeping it so real with the canon and the storylines. If you haven't watched any of Arrow, I implore you to go back on Netflix. It's on Netflix right now. Watch every single episode and get yourself caught up because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna divulge and talk about details. This is a very fresh new thing. It's not like a movie that you can just ignore. It's on all the time. But uh, Arrow is really kicking it up a notch. And they were getting a little sloppy there, too. This last season, I got to tell you, starting from the beginning, it was just, where is this going to go? And see, uh, what season is it on? Sorry, well, it's on know. season three. Okay, that's not too bad. No, my main, not at all. My main thing is I didn't want to jump on because I don't, I can't, I don't have time to watch like four seasons of TV. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. Okay, that's not it's, too bad. No, it's not that bad. It's an easy catch-up, too. And honestly, if you want to skip the whole first season, you really could. I mean, it's... I get the gist of his origin story. Anyway, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a billionaire playboy. He puts on a mask. There you go. Yeah. Same as Batman, except he's got a team. Well, Batman had a team, too. But Yeah, he's like Batman, but he trains on an island instead yeah. of in Rachel Ghoul's ninja camp. It's funny that you brought up Rachel Ghoul, because the main villain of this season is the League of Shadows. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and it's pretty cool. They've done really, really awesome things with it. I didn't think that uh, anyone could succeed Liam Neeson. As a uh, you know version, yeah. Of course, we have the animated version, which was always like kind of the penultimate Ra's al Ghul, mm-hmm. Raish al Ghul. Still haven't used the word Raish yet. Yeah, what is the official on that? The official I've heard is Raish al Ghul. Yeah, because they said Ra's in uh, in the Dark Knight movies. They continue to say Ra's. Yeah, they don't think people are going to be down, man. I think that's just kind of like, I don't know. They they don't want to confuse people at this point, you know. So they'll just kind of stick with it. Yeah, I don't even know. It's because it sounds foreign. I'll be very honest with you. Because it sounds foreign and people can't pronounce it. Yeah. Which is sad. Wake up, people. Rash. Learn, learn how to pronounce some words. Rash al Ghul. Rash al Ghul. He has a ghoulish rash. Ugh, I gotta go get some, uh, what, what do they put? Some ointment? Yeah. Some, uh, preparation H. Some preparation H for preparation my... Preparation Rache. Preparation Rache for my Rache al Ghul. <laughs> Oh my ass! Preparation rage. Oh my hemorrhoids. Ugh. Maybe, uh, maybe he's got a trick arrow that just shoots ointment all over him. Oh god, that sounds <laughs> that sounds like the triple uh, X version that they're gonna make. Oh, okay. The yeah. parody. Ooh. Oh god. But you know, it's actually they've done a fantastic job with it, and 
you know, each one of them is is doing really well. I mean, Agents of Shield, as cheesy as it is, it still gets a lot of viewers. I heard it got a lot better after the uh, after the Winter Soldier came out, and uh, that Shield has a shared continuity with the movie, so they make references and everything. And then when it revealed that Shield was infiltrated by Hydra the whole time, they, and everything kind of broke down, the show adjusted to that. I heard, and it got a lot better. I gave up like halfway through the first season because I just didn't care for yeah, it. Yeah, me too. I didn't keep up with it. And Gotham, I didn't even start. I really don't I want to. I refuse to watch that show. See, the thing is that people said it was bad, and I believed them. And then it just kept getting worse and worse, and I believed them. Yeah. And I just refused to even support I just don't. I just don't like the premise. I think it's really dumb. If you like Gotham and you want to prove us otherwise, email either one of us. Mal- Malachi has a new handle. Yeah, it's uh, news at cm-life.com. Send me an email. Come on the show. Come and, tell me why I'm wrong. Because yeah. I just think the whole premise of the show is ridiculous. Talk shit to us the entire time we sit here. It'll Slap be okay. me in the face. We will like it. We will completely enjoy it. But we definitely need some other sides because Gotham sucks. And I think we both very much agree. The majority of the nerd community agrees, too. I mean, who watches that show? Teenage girls and old dudes who like old Batman stories. Yeah, that's pretty much it, I think. Where, where are we represented in this, man? Yeah. Where's, uh, where's the future generation, man? Lost, man. Yeah. It's Fox. No respect. What do you expect? Fox don't care about Fox me. don't care about Gotham. Fox don't care about the Batman. <laughs> we need to get some uh, some sound clips. We'll get the, uh, the Batman's clips. We should just descend in, like, full-on AM radio ridiculous <laughs> Ben and Malachi in the morning hopefully not let's hope that we can uh, move to somewhere cool like TV land maybe we can join our friends but yeah no I, I'm I'm having a good time watching this these TV shows I heard the flashes were good I, I, uh, I watched a couple episodes of that and honestly I, I read some of the episode reviews even though I don't watch the show just to kind of check in they're pretty glowing aren't they yeah I mean it looks pretty good uh yeah, I mean, his effects, his running looks fast and slick and smooth and everything. I thought, you know, it'd be kind of hard to do with a TV budget to make the CGI work. But. Sur- surprisingly enough, they have a lot of money. Because of the strength of Arrow, they have a lot of money to do their thing. Um, and I'm glad that they did. It's really interesting because there are some cheesy moments, of course. They're focusing on the, the love story between, you know, Barry and Iris. But, you know, the fact that they're really doing these very over-the-top comic booky kind of things, all very fantastic villains. Uh, Captain Cold is in there, and he is a bad. I did see the one episode with oh, Captain Cold. come on. That was good, yeah. Come on. I, uh, so good. The guy from Prison Break. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. Best person to play that, too. And he's just in your face. The whole the whole thing is just really, really well done. I implore you to watch that show, too, and stay away from the bad ones because you don't have time to waste. What's, study the, uh, what's the status on those Netflix Marvel shows, Daredevil and... Uh, they are the they are working on them. They've got trailers. Luke Cage, Luke Cage was the other one, right? They got trailers coming out soon. Yeah, they'll have everything figured out. Yeah, they have Luke Cage. Uh, one other character. It's a female character. I forget her name. I could look that up for you. But then, of course, the Daredevil. Yeah, I think that's gonna be really cool. Um, yeah, I mean, the way everything that they've shown from it is just looks great. It looks so Frank Miller. It's it's ridiculous. Honestly, Luke Cage is one of my favorite Marvel heroes. Luke Cage, man. He's re- a man with indestructible skin. He was. His first appearance in the comics, he was made in the 70s to, like, fill a quota of, like, not enough African-American heroes. So he has, like, bangles and, like, a huge afro and, like, ridiculous 70s collared shirts. But now now they've, like, made him into, like, a legitimate, you know, character. Yeah, oh, totally, yeah. Where's my money, honey? He says to Dr. Doom in one. He's the comic version of of Shaft. Yeah, but it's great because he's, you know... He's, uh, they try to tackle, like, issues of racism and what better power to give him than impenetrable skin. Sure. You know what I mean? Oh, sure. that's, I think that's just a great editorial move. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Luke Cage was always cool. There was a uh, line that came out, 
I want to say, 10 years ago, maybe a little less than that. It was uh, X-Men Noir. Yeah. Right? They did all these cool characters. The Luke Cage ones were awesome. They were fantastic. He was kind of a PI character. Yeah. Well, um, the, the whole Heroes for Hire, him and uh, Iron Fist teamed up, and Iron Fist is like a Shaolin monk or something who punches a dragon and gains the power to make his fists his punch as hard as iron. Ridiculous. So you got a guy who can punch through anything and a guy who can't feel any pain through his skin. It's like the perfect team-up. There's Marvel for you. Yeah, it's awesome. It's Marvel and one's like, you know, a white guy who trained in China, and the other guy's like a street smart, you know, African-American guy. It's just a cool combination. Did you watch Agent Carter at all? No, I heard. I actually, I want to jump on that when it gets going. It's okay. in what its second episode now or something. It's, well, they sh- they had two episodes and they showed them back to back. Yeah, it was no, a I heard two it was hour awesome. event. If you if you want to talk about Agent Carter, it's brand new. Same thing. Email Malachi. We'll talk to you about it because we haven't seen it. We need perspective. But I am actually. I want to watch the show. I love Captain America. Yeah, he was the honestly throughout the entire Marvel continuity of movies, that was the only ones that I really, really, really liked. And Agent Carter is a cool character, man. They actually showed a picture of Stanley hanging out with all the characters yep. in full garb because Stanley had a cameo. Of course, that Grease son of a. Isn't it weird that Stanley is now in a comic book show that actually showcased the time that he grew up in? Yeah, it's bizarre. I Do didn't you think, think that Stanley has these like existential quandaries when he, he must, steps into that show? As he's you know jumping off his piles of money. <laughs> Where am I? I'll tell you what, man. It is a crime that Stanley's alive and Jack Kirby's dead at this point. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, I don't have that much of a problem against Stanley anymore. He's kind of just a goofy uncle or something like that. See, but, I'm, I'm of the take away his Jack Kirby award contingency. I well, Jack Kirby's just kind of been screwed in general. Marvel's just now starting to realize that they screwed that family over. I think there's some litigation coming through that they're going to get some more recognition. But this is a guy who basically built the foundation oh, of yeah. the Marvel Universe and most of the popular heroes, and then Stanley kind of just took all of that recognition. Even on the DC know. side, all the fantastic sci-fi oh, stuff yeah, that DC new, did, all, all the, the fourth world, all the fourth world new gods, oh, yeah. all Jack Kirby, and it's all brilliant. We could talk about that a whole. I mean, that could be a whole podcast, on and own. we will eventually. But I think it's time for us to go, geek fans. Uh, thank you for sitting with us today, and uh, we promise you more and uh, new exciting things. We'll catch up. Uh, glad to be back, Malachi. Hey guys, if you have any comments, questions, concerns, if you think we're wrong about anything, if you want to come join the show, we're always looking for other people with a uh, good perspective. Uh, please send me an email, pretty, pretty please, at news at cm-life.com. Uh, until then, see you guys. Uh, well, you can do it. I want you to well, do it. No, thank you, sir. Yeah. Well, guys, until then, same bat time, same bat channel. See you soon.